Well, hey everyone, welcome to Slate Church Online. We're so glad that you've joined us today. We're excited for what God is gonna do through this digital service today. If you don't know me, my name is Luke Betker. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Slate Church together with my wife, Victoria. We pastor alongside Brandon and Emma Richardson. Again, we wanna say welcome. We're so thankful that you've joined us. And uh, coming up right now in the chat is actually a connect card button. And we just wanna say, if you haven't connected with us as a church before, why not take a minute right now at the beginning of this service to click that button, fill out a connect card, and one of our team would love to reach out to you, give you more information, answer questions, help you get connected, whatever we can do to help you, we wanna make sure that we're doing that. So make sure that you're clicking on that button right now and fill out a connect card online. Also, there's a button that's coming up that allows you to invite somebody to church. You know, this is a great opportunity to invite people out to church. We really think that there's no greater and easier time to invite people to church than right now with Church Online. And so why don't you go ahead and click that button, send somebody a message, tell them it's not too late, there's still time to attend church today because we believe that God wants to move in their life and in your life. And so why don't you go ahead and click that button. We'd love to uh, we'd love to welcome them to Church Online today as well. Right now, we're gonna take some time. We're gonna worship God together. We love to be able to worship God at the beginning of our service. We really think it just paves the way for all that God is going to do today. And so wherever you are, why don't you just take a minute right now and uh, you know, if you're able to stand up, whatever it is that, that you need to do, we're gonna worship. Let's really lean in. Uh, to worship today and let's thank God for who he is. Remember, we don't worship God to remind him of who he is. He knows who he is. We worship God to remind us of who he is, that he is good, that he is greater than whatever the situation we may be facing in life um, and that he's got a purpose for us. So let's take time right now and worship God together.
sing this out full of faith there's a grace there's a grace when my heart is under fire another way when the walls are closing in and when I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning I now know I will never be alone there was another in the fire Standing next to me There was another in the waters Holding back the sea Should I ever need reminding Of how I've been set free There is a cross that bears the burden Where another died for me there is another in the fire Come on, let's sing all my debt All my debt left for dead beneath the waters And I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore should I fall, should I fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning? Either way, I won't bow to the things of this world. No, I won't. And I know I will never be alone. There is another in the fire standing next to me. There is another in Holding back the seas Should I ever need a reminder Where power set me free There is a grave that holds nobody Now the power lives in me Come on There is another in the fire Sing this out, I can see And I can see the light In the darkness As the darkness bows to Him I can hear the roar In the heavens As the space between 
is no other name. There is no other name but the name that is Jesus. He who was and still is and will be through it all. So come what may in the space between all the things that seem and this reckoning. I know I will never be alone I know And I know I will never be alone There is another in the fire Standing next to me There'll be another in the waters Holding back the sea Should I Joy can every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be I can see And I can see the light In the darkness As the darkness bows to it I can hear the roar In the heavens That's the space between where I can feel the ground Shake beneath us As the prison walls came in
Worship team, thank you so much for leading us in worship. What a powerful time that was. Right now, though, we're going to continue in worship as we uh, take some time and we pray over the prayer requests that have come in this past week, and as we praise God for the things that he has been doing. You know, we really believe that there's power in prayer, and we have seen God move in miraculous ways. And so every single week, we take time and we pray over the needs of people in our church family. And this is a big deal because, uh, you know, the truth is that many of us are going through things. Some of us are struggling through things on our own, which we don't have to do. Some of us are struggling through big things in community, but we gotta remember that God is good, that God is bigger than whatever need that we're facing, whatever sickness, whatever problem, whatever it might be, God is 
good. And we're gonna take some time right now and we're gonna pray over some of these needs, believing in faith that God will move. So here are some of the prayer requests that have come in this past week at Slate Church. We are praying for somebody's brother who's struggling with their physical health. So we're praying also for somebody else that they would be healed from body pain, from hearing and memory loss, and from blood pressure problems. Praying that somebody else would be able to become debt free. Praying for somebody's uh, father who's just been called, who's just been told that his skin cancer is terminal. Praying for somebody else's uncle for health for him. Praying for the physical healing of somebody's mother that she'd be able to get the appointment she needs and physicians would be able to diagnose her health issue. Praying for all the students and all the teachers who are beginning this new school year. And we're praying for somebody's grandmother who is terminally ill. We're praying for peace and strength in that situation. You know, this is just a small portion of honestly the many, many, many requests that come in every single week. But why don't we pray right now with a faith that says God can and God will. Let's believe that God is going to move in every single one of these situations. And so if you feel comfortable, why don't you just stretch out a hand towards the screen as we agree together and as we seek God together uh, for these needs. And if you got a need of your own, why don't you just hold that in your heart and just believe that God is going to move in that need as well. Come on, let's pray, church. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that in every season, in every situation, no matter what is going on, Lord, that you're in control. We thank you that we have the victory in your name. And so we pray for victory right now. We pray for victory over health issues. We pray for victory over financial issues. We pray for victory over future issues, whatever these things are that are going on in people's lives. We just pray victory right now. We pray that you would open the right doors. We pray that you would provide a way. We pray that you would uh, do the miraculous in these situations, Lord. We're believing for it and we're standing upon it, Lord. And we believe that on the other side of the miracles that are gonna take place will be your name glorified to the world around us. Lord, we thank you that we can come before you. We thank you that you move. We thank you that you hear our prayer. So we lift this up to you today. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, we're also going to take a moment, not just pray and, and, and ask for something, but we're going to take a minute and we're going to praise God for what he has done. This is amazing because these are a lot of requests that we have been praying for in previous weeks. And now we get to praise God for all that he has done in the lives of so many people in our church. So check this out. Somebody is thankful for renewed energy and peace. Someone else is thankful that God has moved in miraculous ways and thankful for the provision of, look at this, this is great, multiple jobs, a raise, and a scholarship. Praise God, that's incredible. Someone else is thankful for their connect group. Someone else is thankful that their grandmother has been healed of painful allergic reactions from which doctors didn't even know what the cause was. Someone else is thankful for the opportunity to start a new term at school. Someone else is thankful for the physical ability and the mental capacity to go for walks and they have been thankful for the good weather to do so. Come on, again, that's just a, a little sample of the many praise reports that have come in this past week, but again, we gotta make sure that we thank God for all that he has been doing in our lives as well. Well, hey, why don't you take a minute right now and turn to somebody around you if you're with some people, 
uh, say hello to them. If you're not with people, why don't you send somebody a text message, tell them hello, uh, encourage them, tell them you're glad to see them, tell them you're glad uh, to be with them if you're with people, tell them you're thinking about them, tell them you love them, whatever. Just take a minute, say hi to somebody, encourage somebody, put it in the chat, just at somebody in the chat, tell them you're, good, you're glad to see them today and uh, take that moment and just let somebody know that they're loved. Awesome, well, hey, we're a church that believes in generosity. And right now, as we gather around this time of giving and our tithes and offering, uh, I wanna welcome my wife, Pastor Victoria, to encourage us around our giving today. Hey church, I'm excited to encourage us when it comes to our giving today. And to do that, I wanna tell you about a story from 1 Kings chapter 17. And there's a drought in the land and food is scarce. And then God comes to Elijah, who's a prophet, he's a man of God. And God tells him to go and find this woman who's gonna supply him with food. So Elijah, he does as God tells him to. He goes and he finds this woman who's a widow and he asks her for some bread. The woman responds that she doesn't have any bread. All she has is a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. And she's gonna go home and make one last meal for her and her son, and then they're gonna die. So it's a very severe situation. Elijah tells this woman to not be afraid and to go and make a little bit of bread for, for him first, and then some for her and her son, and that if she does this, that, that the flour and the oil is not going to run out until the drought has ended. The woman, she does as Elijah tells her to. She goes and she makes a little bit of bread for, for she makes a bread for, for Elijah. And just like he said, the flour and the oil doesn't run out. Isn't this an amazing story? All throughout the Bible, we see the principle of tithing, of giving and generosity. We also see time and time again how God provides. And I just wanna encourage us all today because so often we just wanna hold on to what we have. And when we do that, we're actually limiting what we have to our own strength. But if we actually release what we have, he's able to turn that little into more than enough. So I just wanna encourage us all today when it comes to our giving to actually release what we have to God. And doing that, we actually know that God's economy works differently than ours. He's able to use what we have in a way more powerful way than we ever could on our own. So let's continue to stay faithful when it comes to our giving. We're so thankful for all of you that continue to give week in and week out. Uh, we're just so excited that you just, uh, do, you're partnering with us in the mission that we have as a church that continue to see people far from God come into relationship with Him. We have lots of different ways that you can give this morning. It's gonna come up here on a slide in just a little bit. You can give through text to tithe or automatic monthly giving, whatever works best for you. But why don't we pray for our giving today? God, we thank you so much uh, that we can, uh, we can trust you, God. We thank you that you are able to take what we have and turn it into more than enough. So we just pray for our giving today. We pray that you would bless it and we just pray that it will just continue to advance your kingdom here in the Waterloo region and beyond. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Amen, church. Hey Slate Church, it is so good to see you today. Whether you're watching live on our Sunday services or you're watching later in the week, we are so glad that you are tuning in and we are so glad to have you. One of the things that we've been doing during this online season and while we're digital is hearing some of the testimonies and stories of people in our church where God has moved in a powerful way and it has been so amazing and we have yet another amazing person with us today. Can you introduce yourself? 
Hi, I'm Lori Schmitz. And I have the honor of being Lori's daughter. She is the best mom ever. She is one of our fabulous Connect Group leaders. And we are so thankful to have her today. Lori, or mom, why don't you tell us one of the amazing things uh, that God has done in your life or what he's teaching you and just a story that has really stuck out to you. Well, I have many times that God has met me in hard places and in beautiful places in my life. And one of the things that stands out for me is through it all, he has never left me. He's always been with me, no matter what. Even when we are faithless, he is faithful. And his love is beyond description because he loves us more than you could ever imagine. And he speaks to us in so many ways through his word and through his spirit. And he gives you strength and help. And I've learned that in the last two years um, since my husband passed away that he can be my husband and my father and my best friend and the lover of my soul. And he has really helped me in many areas of my life with healing, inner healing and um, helping me to be stronger. But one thing I've really experienced is for a great deal of my life, I was tried to please people. I was a people pleaser and I did that in my work. Um, I do patient care at the hospital. And I experienced uh, him calling me to do my work for him and not for the nurses appreciation or for other staff, but to do everything I do with the patients to please him and to serve them and to help them. And since I've been doing that with that new um, understanding of that um, I do my work as on to him, I have had wonderful connections with patients and lived more in the moment. And when I worked 12 hour shifts, I used to think, okay, I've worked seven hours now. I just have this, you know, so many left. But now I try to just enjoy my shift and experience life and work in the moment. Wow, that's that's huge. And if you don't know Lori, if you don't know my mom, you should get to know her because she really does live this out day in and day out. She is so inspiring. You are so incredible, mom. You inspire me every day. I know <laughs> you do. <laughs> <clears throat> so much for sharing a little bit about your story and if there is any advice that you could give to someone who is navigating their faith or new to church what would you say to them I would just really encourage people to reach out in every way they can reach out to people around them at Slate Church reach out to people and get involved in a connect group reach out to the Lord, just talk to him all day long, just whisper his name, ask his Holy Spirit to, to show you areas of your life that he wants you to develop or to give to him, to shine a light on, to convict you of areas that you need to change in and just, yeah, just to reach out 
in his word, spend time every day in, in the word of God, find a good devotional. I love Jesus calling. So um, I've got to put a plug in there. But anyway, yeah, just reach out. Just reach out to everyone and, and to God. Well, that's so good. Thank you so much for being with us today, Lori. I'm, I'm very honored, especially by my daughter, <laughs> whom I love. Yeah. <laughs> hey, church, Pastor Luke and Pastor Brandon here. And today we have got a really exciting announcement for you. Now, as a church, we are really excited to announce that we are going to be launching on September 27th, our online campus. Brandon, why don't you tell a little bit more about what that means? That's right, we're really excited about this. You might be wondering what in the world, we've been online, how in the world is this a great announcement? The truth is, is that we plan on being online for the rest of our history, okay? And the way that we're gonna do that is through our online campus. We've already been seeing people join from all over the world. We want people to feel like they are a part of our church and not just missing out on what's happening in Waterloo Region. But we're gonna be able to uh, harness the power of this online campus, actually ourselves also in Waterloo Region, uh, through things called watch parties. And so there's this whole, um, online campus world that's gonna be created, that's gonna be able to reach people that wanna join online connect groups, stay connected that way, um, uh, meet needs in the cities that they find themselves and all the rest. There's gonna be more information coming on this, but there's also gonna be this thing called watch parties. Now we mentioned that we're gonna be, be doing uh, in-service gatherings. And what you need to know is that uh, the style of that is changing a little bit from what we were used to um, before we went into quarantine back in March. And so these watch parties are gonna be our way of still gathering in person, but actually um, having a unity of what's coming at our entire church, whether it's in our online campus, whether you attend Waterloo AM, Waterloo PM, or Elmira. And now we have, we'll have four locations, the, the online, Waterloo, the two locations, and Elmira. And uh, we're all gonna have a unity of information and experience coming at us, which is really important during the season through watch parties. Um, it's also for capacity and sustainability. These things are really important. You know, when it comes to uh, trying to have a live band and all the rest in a single day, there's so many sanita sanitization uh, uh, issues that, you, that comes up. The amount of skills that are needed for what we're launching into and all the rest is, uh, is, is actually quite a lot. And also we wanna remain agile in the season. Uh, agility is so important because we're seeing so many parts of the world uh, opening back up and then closing. And especially here in Canada, there is so much talk of a second wave. We're not making these decisions based on fear, but we do wanna have a plan that withstands whatever comes at us in this next season. So we're gonna have watch parties that are both closed and open, more information to that to come. But if you're interested in uh, launching a watch party where you find yourself, why don't you send us an email? There's gonna be more information in the description of this video. Or if you're watching live on Sunday, there's gonna be more information dropping into the chat right now. We really believe that this is gonna keep us unified as a church. It's gonna be uh, sustainable into the future and also remain agile if things open or close, we'll be able to do it together. Really excited for the watch party idea and that stems out of uh, our online campus that's gonna be started. So watch parties really could be started anywhere in the world, but we're gonna uh, make sure we vet and uh, train people uh, appropriately as we go. Yeah, so one thing that we're doing with this that's really cool is we're actually building 
uh, really a state-of-the-art broadcast studio where we are going to be able to film uh, worship, we're gonna be able to film uh, our messages, but we're also gonna be able to do some really cool segments that are gonna be part of our online church experience, various panel discussions, interview segments, a whole bunch of other cool stuff that we've been talking yeah. about that's really, yeah. really fun. And we are really excited for what that is going to be. And ultimately, all of this that we're talking about, this whole online campus, is actually all about pointing people to Jesus. That's right. It's all serving our mission and our vision as a church, see people far from Christ come into relationship with Him. And so we've got some really innovative new ways of doing this that we're excited for. Listen, of course, you gotta know as lead pastors, we can't wait for the day where we're back in person with big gatherings and hundreds and thousands of people coming into the church building. We're excited for that. We believe that that's gonna come and we will be getting back to that, but we will also be continuing this online campus so that people are able to, wherever they're at, engage with Jesus through what we're doing as a church. And so we can't wait for some of this new stuff that's coming out. We're really excited for it. We're really believing that it's gonna reach people in the digital world, on social media, um, where so many people spend so much of their lives. And listen, we honestly believe that this is a new step for us as a church, and it's gonna be a new way that Jesus moves yeah. through us as a church. One of our values as a church is that our methods will change, yeah. but our mission remains the same. That's right. Right now, we're stepping into a new way of doing some things. We're responding to the times that we find ourselves in, but our mission is the same, to, to make known the name of Jesus to the world around us. And so we're going to keep on doing that. We're excited for this. Yeah. I mean, just yeah, part of this is just trusting us as lead pastors. You know that one of our uh, motivations as lead pastors is to reach the world for Jesus, mm -hmm. starting in Waterloo Region, expanding into provinces and the nation. Somebody actually told us as we are going into COVID, you need to look bigger and beyond your current region. And uh, here we are, you know, six months later, actually believing that watch parties, online campus is a way that even as we begin to gather back in person, we might actually see slate popping up in areas we never even dreamed of. And you don't need to worry about how that's gonna work. All you need to worry is about coming along for the journey um, and, and believing uh, that God actually has big things in store. We really are excited. It's be cool. All the gear for our online campus <laughs> is actually coming in right now. Yeah. We're starting to get the studio set up. And uh, again, that's September 27th. We've changed the date a week just due to some venue uh, things that we've been dealing with. And uh, we're, we're really excited for this. Come on, that's so exciting. And we can't wait to see what God is going to do uh, online this next coming season in our church. And we also just want to say, Make sure that you follow us on social media. Make sure that you're staying up to date with everything that's going on. If you've got questions about things, go to our website. That is your one-stop shop for all the answers that you might have, whatever it is that you might need. But follow us uh, all across all of our social medias because we've got all kinds of announcements that are coming out. We've got really cool things. We've got content that we really think will actually make a difference in your life. So make sure that you follow us because we don't want you to miss out on anything that God is doing in our church. Follow us there. All right, you ready for the word today? I hope you are. I'm really excited for the message that is going to be brought. I really believe that it has the power to change your life. So let's lean in right from the start. Let's believe that God's gonna move. Let's have hearts that are expecting. Let's have hearts that are willing to hear what God wants to speak. And why don't we welcome Pastor Brandon as he brings the word today.
Hey, it's so good to have you joining us uh, today. Whenever you're watching, whether you're watching on demand or live right now, we're so glad that you would join us. And we're really excited for all the things that are to come in the future. As we've been talking about already today, uh, there's so many great things to look forward to. And as we prepare for that over the next couple of weeks, uh, we just really wanna encourage you in all that God has for us, um, but it also has for you in, uh, in this time. You know, uh, often we say at Slate Church, if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. And I really believe that today. Uh, my name is Brandon Richardson. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Slate Church alongside my wife, Emma, and we pastor alongside Luke and Victoria Betger. And we believe that you have a purpose today. If you're watching this right now, you need to take heart that God is on your side. He died, he paid a price for your sin that you couldn't pay for yourself. All you have to do is receive that free gift and live in the fullness of what he has for you. And today, I'm, I'm really excited to bring you a message that, um, uh, it's a bit of a life message. I've got a few different life messages that I follow, but maybe something that I've been processing over the last little bit myself. It's a really simple message. It's not, uh, it's not too fancy, it's not too glamorous, it doesn't have too much content. I don't even know if it's gonna be that long. All I hope is that it encourages you today to live the life that God has called you to live, to understand that you have so much purpose in your life, to understand that you are so valuable uh, to God, that you're so valuable to the people around you, and that there's so much that God's placed in you that has uh, that, that's still yet to come out. You, your best days are still ahead of you. I really believe that. And so today, I'm going to pray, and then uh, we're going to uh, open up God's Word. We're going to read it and uh, see what God has for us today, all right? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that we get to gather in all these different ways. God, we are um, six months into being online, and we're really excited about that, God, that we are still able to meet and receive from you uh, in, this, in this way and uh, through this medium. God, we pray right now, I pray right now, for everybody that's watching on the other side of the screen, that God, you would fill them with expectation of what you want to do in their lives. That God, you would fill them with a, an expectation that, that God, you actually want to use them and uh, uh, use them in, in, in uh, fulfilling all of your purposes. God, I pray for uh, everyone watching right now that you would give them a sense that your spirit is working inside of them. And if there's people watching right now, as we know there are, that don't know you yet, God, I pray that you would open up their hearts to the reality of who you are and what you've done for all of us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're gonna find ourselves today in Luke chapter four. And uh, I've actually spoken out of this once or twice over the last six months, out of the, this general uh, passage, but it's been coming back to me this past week as I've been thinking on this idea, and this is the message uh, title for today, which is, it's on me. I'm gonna be speaking on this topic of it's on me. And uh, as I've been thinking about this and thinking about the implications of what this means for our lives, for our church, and for you, um, you know, I, I've, I've been drawn back uh, again and again to this passage of Jesus returning to, uh, returning to Nazareth and, uh, and actually being rejected there. It's his like first ministry gift. He's rejected and something that he says while he's there. To paint the picture, Jesus has just been baptized. If you haven't been baptized, we're going to try to figure something out because it would be great to have some people baptized uh, coming into this, uh, this new season that we're going into. We'll figure all that out. 
But if you've been baptized, it's significant. Did you know that Jesus himself was baptized? And when Jesus was baptized, it says the spirit of the Lord uh, came upon him and it actually led him out into the desert where he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. As many of you have heard, and maybe this is you're hearing this for the first time, maybe you've, you've never encountered the story of Jesus before. Jesus has been living for 30 years as a regular dude. Uh, mind you, he's always been God with flesh on, but just doing regular dude stuff. He was a son of a carpenter, likely following in uh, the, 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 the uh, steps of his father, his earthly father, Joseph, um, where he would uh, be a carpenter himself. Jesus was um, likely one of these, you know, trades guys. So was hanging around with all the other trades guys, uh, knew the lingo, all the rest. And, um, and 30 years into his life is when he begins his ministry. His ministry starts with him being baptized. Then he goes out into temptation. And again, it's the temptation, it's the trials, it's the wilderness, it's the desert, it's the pandemic that sets him up for the ministry that he's gonna have. Now, you're not Jesus. You're not Jesus in scripture. You're the receiver and the benefactor of all that Jesus has for you. But there is so many encouraging parts of scripture that are meant to reach out to you and say, hey, there's almost always a trial before God uses people in their biggest ways. So no matter where you find yourself right now, it doesn't matter if you feel like you're going through the worst season of your life. If you trust God in the midst of your storm, I really believe that God has something for you on the other side of it because it seems to be one of the ways that Jesus prepares his followers for all that he's going to do through them for others, okay? And that's really key. Not just do through you for yourself, but actually do through you for others. And often he will bring people to a place of obscurity before he actually uses them in the ways that he wants to use them. And that should be an encouragement to all of you. And honestly, it's an encouragement to me today. And so Jesus, he comes out of the desert. He comes out of the, the, um, uh, the, 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 the trials and the temptation that he faced there. And it says that he returns to Galilee. He goes into Nazareth. He goes into the temple as was his custom in Luke chapter four, verse 16. And for a lot of us, let's make sure that we remain going to the temple as our custom. Let's continue to make sure that that's part of our custom, meeting with God, gathering together as his people, even during an online season, even as we head into a season, where we're gonna have watch parties in person, even if it means you can't get to a watch party or you don't want to get to a watch party because of health concerns, make sure you're gathering with other people, even online, because as was his custom, he actually, it's through his custom that releases him into all the other things that he's gonna do. It's the place, the temple is the place where God actually releases him into his calling, okay? So uh, a lot of us want to uh, find our calling outside of the church. That's that's a terrible thing to do. Your calling is actually almost always uh, going to be found within the church. And if it's not found within the church, it probably means that you're supposed to start a church, which means you're going to need other people to find their calling in your church, right? So the calling of God is always within the local church. It's always expressed in the local church. It's always um, spoken out in the, uh, in the local church. It's always um, confirmed in the local church by the laying of hands and all the rest of the stuff. And so Jesus, as was his custom, he goes into the, the uh, temple and he stands up and reads out of scripture. And the part that he reads begin, uh, becomes his thesis statement for his ministry, becomes the synopsis of what he's going to be doing. Slate Church exists to see people far from God come into relationship with him by building a large, influential, innovative, Christ-centered church that loves God and loves others. 
That's our thesis statement as a church. Jesus' thesis statement is about to be read. And by the way, we also receive this as our own mission statement for the way that we live our lives today. But he stands up. He's about to read it. He's like, hey, you want to know what's important for my ministry? This is what's important for my ministry. And he says in verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is on me. It's on me. It's on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I want to talk today about what Jesus has done for you. I want to talk about the idea that it's my spirit, so it's my responsibility. And I want to talk about the idea that it's my calling, so it's my responsibility. You see, when Jesus reads out his mission statement for why he's here on earth, I have come. Uh, uh, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, blind, uh, release the oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You know, a lot of us were so stoked about God using us. We're so excited for the ways that he can use us. For so many of us, we've been in those places where we're like, wow, God, just use me in all of the ways that you want to use me. God did uh, use my life as a living sacrifice, which what weird language for the world that we live in, but use me as a living sacrifice. I'm going to die to myself so that I can be used by you. And we get so excited. Maybe for some of us, we can remember this moment in our lives last week. Maybe for some of us, it was 30 years ago. But for a lot of us, when we come into relationship with God, we begin to get really excited about God, how God's going to use us to reach others the way that he used others to reach us. And so we start thinking of all the different ways that we get, we get excited and we get premature in our excitement. We go out and sometimes share the gospel in ways that maybe are counterproductive and all the rest. And yet, we forget to just take a breath. Hey, if you're watching right now, which if you're listening to me, hopefully you're watching, unless you're just listening to me, you got your eyes closed or whatever. Either way, if you're hearing my voice right now, why don't you just take a breath? Come on, just, just for, for a few more seconds, just take a breath. Come on, how, how nice is it? in the midst of feeling like we've got to do stuff for Jesus. Maybe we're behind on doing stuff for Jesus. Maybe we're avoiding doing the things we know we need to be doing for Jesus. How refreshing is it to just take a breath? You see, Jesus wants us to take a breath. This is important because when we see all that God has prepared for us, and we look around at a world that's hurting, and we look at a world that's in a pandemic, knowing that people are going through things and need the very truth that we've received from Jesus in their own lives, we can look around and start, get, start getting anxious about our part to play. We can start getting anxious that we're not yet at the point of preaching good news to the poor, that we're not yet at the point of proclaiming freedom for the prisoners, that we're not yet at the point of recovery of sight for the blind. We're not yet at the point of, re of releasing the oppressor and proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. And we don't even know what that means. And we start getting anxious and we start getting tight and we start trying to do everything and we start striving in our own, uh, in, in, in our own, um, our, our effort to be um, accepted by Jesus. And we forget that Jesus just wants to, us to take a breath. You know, I sometimes feel this way when I go out for dinner. 
I'll go for out, out for dinner and I'll leave the house and we're going out with Emma and uh, perhaps uh, in this scenario, I'm going out for dinner, me and Emma and my siblings with my parents and uh, we're going out the door and we, you know, say to each other, hey, like maybe, you know, things are tight this month and, uh, and maybe we should just like, uh, you know, stay, uh, keep it a little, uh, you know, uh, keep the cost low, you know, um, maybe today, you know, it's, it's, it's a great dinner. We've been looking forward to it for a while. I haven't been to the restaurant in a long time, but maybe we just keep it down to the dollar value menu. We'll just get junior chickens. We'll let everybody else get the Big Mac combo. I'm just kidding. Like we're at a restaurant. We're like, whatever is on the menu. Um, I'm, I'm not talking about McDonald's. I just thought that would be funny and maybe it wasn't, but that's okay. Um, and we're looking through the menu and, um, and, and we go, okay, just pick the lowest thing. And sometimes you're at the restaurant and you've, you've told yourself this, or maybe your spouse has told you this, or you've told your spouse this, or your significant other, or again, maybe you're just by yourself. You're on a work trip maybe. And it always starts with like good intentions, doesn't it? You like walk into the restaurant and you're like, I'm going to stick to my financial goals here. And then all of a sudden you forget that, you know, it's dinner time and you forgot to eat for the last four days. And so you're reading this menu and you're going, oh my gosh, like I don't even like spinach, but this seven layer spinach dip looks incredible. And you start looking through the appetizers, you start looking through the meals and you're like, I mean, the chicken tenders look great. They're always the cheapest thing on the menu. But like, I mean, all of a sudden this filet mignon is looking absolutely ridiculous. And you're looking at the drinks and you're like, I know I said I was going to get water, but all of a sudden it seems like I need to spend $4 on an overpriced coffee that doesn't even taste good. And all of a sudden you're like starting to get tight inside and you're like, oh my goodness, like, uh, I want to eat this, but I shouldn't eat this. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I have the money for it. I'm going to really pay for this. And all this is going through your mind. And you're just like, you're like getting anxious the more and the more you go through your meal. In fact, I think the worst thing about going out to eat in Canada at a sit-down restaurant is that the bill comes to you at the end of the meal. I'm like, bring me my bill at the beginning of the meal so I can get the worst part of the meal out of the way so I can just enjoy my meal going forward. But it's like every bite I take when I'm when I'm uh, you know going to dinner like this is like, oh my gosh, this is like a dollar in my mouth. You, you know what I mean? It's like, where's he going for dinner? You know, only the fanciest places, of course. And uh, you know, and, 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 and it's like, oh my gosh, and you're going through the dinner and, and time is going on and you're feeling more guilty as time passes. You know, there's no worse feeling when you're going out to eat than that. But how many people would agree with me that there's no better feeling than getting to the end of that, getting to the meal, getting to the, 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 the receipt and the, the bill at the end of the meal, and then all of a sudden somebody at the table, like dad or mom, pipes up and says, you know what, it's on me. And all of a sudden you're like, Dang, hey, can you bring a dessert menu for a second? <laughs> I'm kidding, I never do that. I'm always like, oh, I shouldn't have ordered that. I shouldn't, have. I, was, I was willing to pay for it. But when somebody says, it's on me, it changes the entire environment. It changes your posture. It changes your expectation. It changes the way you feel about what just happened. All of a sudden, when somebody else says, it's on me, you start to, you start to realize that, wow, I mean, somebody's in my corner and I feel so freed up. You know, when it comes to calling, when it comes to responsibility in God's kingdom, so many times I'm looking inward and I'm going, man, it's on me to get all this stuff done. Look at this city. 
this region of Waterloo. I'm only one person, but there's 500,000 people that live in our region. Where do you live? You're part of Slate Church, whatever region you find yourself in. I mean, when you look, the task is big. I'm on Facebook. I don't know why I'm on Facebook because every time I go there, it's like going into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and the devil is there tempting me to just say stuff on people's comment sections and rip them apart. And I'm basically just there to remind myself that I'm still a sinner and that's why I have Facebook. But anyway, that's besides the point. And you're going, man, the task is large. We've got people going off the rails on this side. We've got people going off the rails on that side. I thought this person was normal and all of a sudden this came up and the world that I live in, it's crazy. And when we start to think, man, if it's on me, I don't know if I have the wherewithal. I thought I started out on this journey with the right game plan. I thought I would start out and I would just start preaching God's word. And when I shared the message of the good news of Jesus with that person, they were just going to respond and they didn't respond. And then I shared it with them and they didn't respond. And then I was more, I was nervous to share it with them. And so I just stopped sharing. And here I am 15 years later. And I don't know if I've really invited anybody to church. I don't know if I tried to share the good news of Jesus. I don't even know if I'm living like a good Christian anymore. And it's all on me and I don't just take a breath. Because Jesus says today, hold up, it's on me. See, the first step to taking responsibility in your life is recognizing that it's not first on you. <laughs> the first step to receiving a calling is beginning to realize it's actually on Jesus. The first step to actually realizing that you have the strength that it takes to do all that God's calling you to do with everything he's given you is by actually reading Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and 19 realizing that you are the beneficiary of Jesus thesis statement of his mission while he was here on earth and what he's been doing uh, behind the scenes and very actively through his spirit since he's went and taking his place and his seat in heaven beside the Father. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Hey, I love the thought that I would be able to have a similar calling to Jesus besides the saving the world part, <laughs> but the actual like practical things that he was doing. But do you realize that Jesus is actually the one preaching the good news to the poor, which is me? That I'm actually the prisoner that he came to free? that I'm actually the blind that he's trying to recover sight in, that I'm actually the oppressed, and that I need God to proclaim his favor over my life. See, you're going to be striving. I'm going to be striving for almost my entire life for as long as I think it's on me to do all the things that need to happen in my life in order to be used by God, in order to be accepted by God. You, you need to realize, along with me, that it's actually Jesus saying, hey, it's on me. I'm going to proclaim freedom into your life. I'm going to give sight into your blind, blind eyes. I'm actually going to set you free from the prison that you find yourself in. Because it's the moment that we realize that Jesus actually died on a cross for me that I actually get to be effective in being used by Jesus. So many of us want to actually do stuff for God before he'll accept us or we actually want to uh, jump the gun and start being used by God without actually receiving the fullness of the gift that God has given us which is dying on a cross for our sin to bring us back into relationship with him so we can spend eternity with him. It's all about him. Let's breathe. Because we got to begin to realize 
that the way that we stay we stay in this game, the way that we stay sharp in this life, the way that we stay in tune with what God has for us as we breathe in his spirit and his spirit comes on us. See, Jesus starts this and he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. That's significant because I need to realize, Brandon needs to realize it's on me. The spirit is on me. The spirit of the Lord is on me. Jesus died a sinner's death, but he is not dead. He's sitting at the right hand of God right now. He's sitting down because it is finished. He's sitting down because he knows the end of this story, that the enemy does not win. He does not win in your anxious mind. He does not win in your depressed soul. He does not win in your crazy messed up family situation. He does not win when he's causing you to question what you're doing at that place that you know you need to be at. He does not win when you think that you're the worst parent in the world. He does not win because the end of the story is already written. Jesus wins and he defeats the enemy once and for all. And we can tap into the victory that he wins right now as we receive his spirit for us. It's on me. God's spirit is on me. <laughs> and when I begin to believe that Jesus' spirit is on me, God's spirit, the Holy Spirit is on me, all of a sudden I start to get released from all the things that are holding me captive. All of a sudden I get to start to live out all of the things that Jesus has for me. It starts with recognizing that Jesus came to save me, a sinner. It starts with uh, me realizing that he came to set me free, an oppressed individual. It comes to uh, re realizing that he has come to proclaim favor over my life and set me free from the captivity of the enemy and my own mind, my own things I've got going on, my own decisions. And when I begin to realize that, when the Spirit begins to reveal that to me, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready to start taking responsibility. We are justified uh, with Christ through what Christ did for us. We are justified before, before God. We are made clean and we are seen as pure before God when we accept that Jesus died on a cross to pay a price for our sin. When we receive that, we are actually seen in God's eyes as if we were Jesus himself. He sees us as pure in what Jesus has done for us. We are adopted sons and daughters. This is an incredible thing. But the moment we are justified, he starts to sanctify us. Justification says, I am made right with God. Sanctification says, I am made like God. See, uh, last, last night, actually, I was, um, I was uh, playing hockey. One of the weirdest experiences that I've had in COVID so far. Playing hockey in the middle, midst of a pandemic is weird because it wasn't since I was about this tall and your screen only gives me about this much. So I was like this tall. <laughs> I was like this tall that um, uh, I I got dressed uh, and, and came to the t game to a, a hockey game or practice dressed and ready to go. I mean, it's like the number one rule in hockey is like, don't be the guy that shows up already dressed. Like just get dressed in the dressing room. It's like this unspoken rule. Now, in the midst of a pandemic, uh, Everybody has to show up dressed. And so here we are, you know, showing up dressed. I'm like walking in in full hockey equipment out of my car. You know, it's just like, it's the weirdest thing. But the, the craziest thing that happened at hockey uh, just last night was as we were pulling out and we were talking to somebody from our church uh, who happened to be there, Jay Gingrich, we love you. You're incredible. He's part of our muscle team. Our muscle team sets up and tears down, our, sets up and packs up our uh, physical locations when we're meeting uh, in, in person. 
uh, here in Waterloo Region and soon uh, in places and uh, coming to a place near you, hopefully. And uh, he's on Muscle Team. We're talking to him. And as we're talking to him, me and uh, a guy named Tim, uh, he uh, uh, all of a sudden he's like, oh my gosh. And we watched as this truck, um, uh, this truck is driving through the parking lot, potentially looking at his phone because he runs straight into a light post. And if that's not crazy enough, uh, most of his truck doesn't get damaged, but his front wheel completely falls off his truck. So now his truck is leaning like this. It's like one wheel is just completely broken off his truck and he's just sitting there. And he's just like, oh my gosh. You know, he gets out and he's just looking at it. And I don't know about you, but anytime I've been in like some sort of accident, car accident, you know, like that doesn't happen to me too often. A lot of times when I was younger, actually. And, uh, but, but there's this, there's this brief moment where you just want to make excuses for where you find yourself. Like, well, you know, if they didn't put that light post there, I wouldn't be in this, you know? And you can just imagine like, and he gets on the phone and he's probably calling his wife and he's like, you know, like, um, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the wrong. I was on my phone. I just hit a light post. I broke a wheel off our truck. I'm in like in a deep situation here, you know? And the thing is, is that we need to understand that our spirit is our responsibility. Once we've been, we've accepted the free gift of uh, salvation in Jesus Christ, the sanctification part is relying on the spirit's power to move in us, but it's actually our responsibility to allow him to do that. You see, for so many of us, we come up with so many reasons, we come up with so many excuses and justifications. And here's the thing, reasons, excuses, and justifications leave you in a place where you just continue to lament your situation and your context and you fail to take responsibility, which is actually the thing that allows you to move through what you're experiencing. What you need to realize is that the moment that you start to accept responsibility for what, where you are in your, your spirit is the moment that you can actually start moving forward into all that God has for you. It's not up to us to just reason away all the w reasons why we find ourselves in, a, in, in the place that we find ourselves. It's actually on us to allow spirit, the, the Spirit of God to do all that He wants to do through us by stopping to make excuses for why we find ourselves. Listen, listen, we've all been through stuff. We've been through crazy stuff. We've been through uh, bad mental health. I, I've been through bad mental health. We've been through uh, family situations. We're in the midst of a pandemic. The finances have, have never been, you know, for some of us so um, up in the air and, and all of these excuses can start piling up. But what it uh, starts to do is it actually starts to lock us in a prison of our own excuses. And we fail to realize that it's our spirit and it's our responsibility to do something with it. You see, over and over and over again, in scripture, we see Jesus using people that are open, available, and willing to move. <laughs> Not willing to move maybe to, to a different country, although a lot, lots of times that happened as well, but just willing to get up off the couch and do something with what he's placed on, on their lives. In scripture, over and over and over again, and I can list them off, but some of you wouldn't even know who these people are, like, like Joseph and Moses and whatever else, and those names don't mean anything to you. But for those of us that it does, you gotta understand that God's just looking for someone that's open, 
available and willing to get going on the things that he's placing in their life. But often what starts to happen when we start to cloud our minds with excuses for why I have a lack of character, for why I'm not willing to do things, for why I'm the type of parent that I am, for the reason why I'm so jaded towards the world, for the reason why I can't uh, seem to build relationships with others, for the reason why I can't seem to give my full effort as if I'm working unto God at the workplace that I find myself in. We cloud ourselves in a prison of excuses, which doesn't allow us to take responsibility for our own spirit. Listen, it's my spirit. It's my responsibility to do something with what God's done and, and done in me and what he's done for me. And what I need to begin to do is allow God's spirit to be on me. It's on me. God's spirit is on me, but I need to push out the excuses in Jesus name and start to move into all that God has for me because he, on the other side of your reasoning, on the other side of your excuses, on the other side of your justifications for why you find yourself where you are is a life that God has for you that is open and and, and, and uh, full of possibilities and, the, and, and full of, uh, of, of incredible things that he wants to do through you. But we need to start taking responsibility for why we find ourselves in the place and not somebody else, not a government, not an employer, not a child, not a parent, not a friend. We are able to move beyond where we find ourselves the moment we say, God, I am trusting in what you did for me and I am trusting that you are on me to begin to do things. Listen, my, my spirit, my responsibility. But finally, I want to talk about this idea that it's my calling, my responsibility. It's amazing to me how many people, um, how many people uh, uh, feel called to all of these very public expressions of calling. It's amazing to me how many people feel like their main thing in life uh, or their main thing for God is always something that's outward facing. And for a lot of people, it actually keeps them uh, kind of uh, locked down in their calling because, I mean, they don't know how to, I mean, they've just been stuck uh, in, in themselves and they've been kind of closed off for so long that they don't even realize. But do you realize that there are so many different callings? In fact, calling is just when you allow God to use you in whatever gifts that he has given you. But in Ephesians 4, 11 to 12, it gives us three, like five major, I was about to say three, five major aspects of calling. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. I mean, these are, these are, are big things. These are big parts. But you know, apostles, I mean, these are scary, like Christianese kind of words, but apostles are just leaders. Prophets are encouragers, encouraging into the future that God has. Evangelists are people that just tell about what Jesus has done in their life. Pastors are people that come alongside one another and bring them along on this journey and disciple them through life. Teachers are people that take what God showed them and just shows them to others. You see, God's calling is so much bigger than every anything we could ever imagine. But for so many of us, we put uh, a ministry title on it and we think that those that are called are just those that are professionally working for the church. We call them professional Christians. I'm a professional Christian. But the truth is, is that God's actually called us all to do what we can do in the worlds and the spheres that we find ourselves in ourselves. You see, I was thinking about my calling, my responsibility. I was thinking about a time in my life where I was helping a good friend of mine. I was his personal support worker. He was paralyzed, uh, had, a, um, had a, uh, a stroke at the age of seven after a terrible accident and was paralyzed um, in, in large parts of his, his body uh, until, well, and he still is. Um, and I, I made friends with him. I became his personal support worker. And... Uh, I would help them eat, use the washroom, all these kind of kinds of different things. And I was thinking, 
you know, how detrimental it would be if one day I just decided to not show up at lunch, you know, or, or uh, he texted me on campus and, hey, I need your help. I'm, I need to use the washroom. I just didn't show up. It's like, hey, that's, that's ridiculous. That's terrible. I mean, that's, that is like a, such an inhumane thing to do when somebody else is relying on you. Here's the thing. God has called all of us to something. And there's actually a world that they're relying on your calling. Not on my calling, not on Pastor Luke's calling, not on Pastor Emma's calling, not on Pastor Victoria's calling, not on Nathan Lambert's calling, if you know who he is, not on Pastor Jared's calling, not on, uh, uh, on Pastor Ben's calling. There's a world relying on your calling. I think it's as inhumane to not start acting on the things that God's called us to. Because as God's called us to different things, we need to begin to understand that there is a world that can only be reached by you. He'll use another method over time. As Jesus said, if you don't cry out and worship, I will cause these rocks to cry out. But I'm not going to allow rocks to cry out on my behalf. I'm not going to allow some other country to have to come here and become missionaries to our own country. It's my, I'm, I'm, I'm taking responsibility for my own backyard. I remember when I was feeling called into ministry myself, whatever that means, right? But I was starting to feel called to start to plant a church and all the rest. And I was thinking, hey, I want to go to California. Not a great place to be right now. We're praying for California. Um, I want to go somewhere in, in, into the States. And for some reason, I was just fascinated by the United States and their like brash culture and all the rest. Not that I particularly wanted to be a part of that culture, but I wanted to reach those people. And as I started thinking about surfing in California and pastoring a church and all the rest, you know, I started to hear God's still small voice and say, yeah, but who's going to take care of your own backyard? My question today, church, is who's taking care of your own backyard? Who's taking care of the city you're living in right now? Who's taking care of the family that you've been placed in by God? Who's taking care of the siblings that you call brothers and sisters? Who's taking care of, your, of the parents that are in your life? Who's taking care of the workplace that you find yourself in? Who's taking care of the class that you find yourself in? Because here's the thing, I'm not taking care of it. And Jesus' main way, of reaching the world that we live in today is placing his spirit in the people that call him, uh, that, 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 that have decided to follow him and, and, and using them to be his hands and feet and moving and reaching the world that we live in. God's spirit is on you. And it's time that we start saying, hey, it's on me. It's on me to reach this world that we live in. It's on me. The spirit is on me to equip me in reaching the world that we live in. The Spirit is on me to reveal that Jesus has already set me free, which enables me to have the confidence to move into all that God has for me. Hey, it's on me today. It's on you today. Let's believe that God has a bright and glorious future for us. As we head into this next season, one way that you can help us as a church, we're all in this together, is begin to share with family and friends and coworkers and online and on social media any way that you can. Write a telegraph if you need to. Write a note in a carrier pigeon. I don't care what you need to do. Let's get the word out that God's doing a new thing in Slate Church. We're really excited for September 27th. It's a new season for us as a church. We'll uh, have turned three by then. That's incredible. But as a young church, God is doing incredible things. And let's allow him to use us 
to reach people the good news of Jesus because there's a world that desperately doesn't need the right or the left or a political ideology or some other ideology. It's a world that desperately needs the love of Jesus and the sacrifice that he made on a cross so he could bring us in a relationship with, uh, with, with him and send us out to a world that desperately needs him. I'm going to pray. Maybe you've never heard this message of hope before. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to it today. If you're watching and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, all that means is making a decision to say, hey, Jesus died on a cross for me to pay a price for my sins so that I can actually experience a full, the fullness of the relationship with God that I've been yearning for, desiring all this time. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Romans says, whoever believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, We'll be saved. We'll spend eternity with Jesus. We'll be, have access to his spirit that becomes on us. It's on me, comes on us and actually gives us the peace and the freedom that we need through Jesus Christ. If you're watching today and you want to make that decision, I just encourage you, bow your head wherever you find yourself. And if you're watching live right now, I encourage you right now in the, in the chat, there's a little button that says, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. It says, raise my hand or something. It's an outward expression of an internal decision you're making right now. If you're watching on demand, just make this decision internally. I wanna pray for you. Jesus, for everybody that's making a decision right now, we pray that your spirit would come alongside them, that you would provide them what they need to follow you. Jesus, may they know that they've got an entire church called Slate Church in their corner. We wanna equip them, let them know they're not alone in this. And uh, God, we pray that they would take the next steps necessary in their own journey of faith to follow you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. In just a moment, Pastor Luke is coming back. He'll give you more information. I want to pray for everybody else. Um, maybe you've already made a decision to follow Jesus, but as you've been listening today and you're really hearing this theme of responsibility come up, that once the Spirit, we realize the Spirit is on us, that we need to take responsibility. If that's you, you need prayer for that, let me pray for you right now. God, for all of us right now that we're needing to take responsibility for what um, you've placed in our lives, you've placed on our life, and even just in recognizing what you've done for us, pray right now, God that you would give us the strength to take the responsibility that we need. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Church, it's been a great, uh, it's been a great time together. Really excited for all that is to come. We'll see you all throughout the week. We're online, but we'll also see you next week. Well, hey, thank you, Pastor Brandon, for that incredible message today. I know that it impacted me, and I know that it impacted many people all across our church. So thank you for that word. That was incredible. Hey, if you were one of the people who a moment ago made a decision to follow Jesus, you know, that's the best choice that you could ever make. And as a church, we are so excited for you. But we know that that's a decision that although it's made in private, it's meant to be lived out in public. We wanna do anything that we can to help you. We wanna resource you. We wanna answer your questions. We want to help you on this journey of faith that you are on. And so we would just encourage you to fill out a connect card. Again, it's popping up in the chat. Why don't you just go ahead and fill that out, mark out that you made a decision to follow Jesus. We would love to be able to get in touch with you. We're not gonna hound you or anything like that, but we just wanna get to know you and we wanna do whatever we can to help you out. And so make sure that you fill out one of those connect cards because we'd love to get in touch with you. Also, maybe you've been attending Slate Church for uh, one week. Maybe you've been attending Slate Church for every single week that we've ever been to church, but maybe you haven't made that step to get involved, to join a connect group, to join a team, uh, whatever it might be. I really think that you know, you're gonna benefit so greatly from doing so. 
We really believe that God's placed gifts on your life that you can use and contribute to the building of his church and to the building of his kingdom here on this earth. And we host something that is called Next Steps. And Next Steps is your opportunity to find out how you can take your next step in your journey of faith and in how you use your giftings here at Slate Church. And so make sure that you attend Next Steps. Again, there's a link popping up for how you can do that in the chat right now. What it is is a short Zoom call right after this service uh, with some of our, our leaders, and they would love to just chat with you and help you take your next step here at Slate Church, whatever it might be. It's never too late to join Next Steps. Again, if you've been coming for months and months and you feel like, oh, you can't possibly go now, no, no, you absolutely can. If it's your first week and you think, oh, it's too early for me to go, no way. This is your moment, this is your time. Join Next Steps right after. It's gonna be a short call. Uh, it's not gonna be weird, it's not gonna be awkward or anything like that, but we would love to host you there and we would love to get to know you. So make sure that you do that. And finally, just before we close, I just want to say that families, we've got Slate Kids happening right after this service. We're so excited. We love families. We love our Slate Kids. And uh, we really are excited for what God's doing in our kids' ministry. It's pretty incredible. So make sure that your kids stick around to tune in for Slate Kids. It's going to be an amazing time. For everyone else, we just want to say thank you for joining us today. We're so glad uh, that you've chosen to spend some time with us for today's service. We uh, are really excited for what God's doing in our church. We're really excited for what he's got in the future. We're glad that you're a part of that with us. So have a great rest of your week. Be blessed and we'll see you next time. Hey Kenzie, how's it going? Good, 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 good,
guasapeando, guau, 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 se la pasa guasapeando, guau, guau, guau. Wow 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 se la pasa whatsappiando wow 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 se la pasa whatsappiando wow 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 se la pasa whatsappiando wow wow wow
Música rosa with a style and fashion El ritmo del flamenco is her to Japan Embalaje de la flauta en banana for fun Es una vida loca, keep chasing the sun Bonito, 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 bonito. Guitarra. 